Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite Lorecast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast universe of lore behind the Mass Effect games. We'll talk about all the details you may have missed, ask the hard questions, and more. Shepards, welcome back to the Mass Effect Lorecast. This is your host, Tom or robots, and this is a very special week because it is the end of the month, which means that we have our patrons joining us. But before I get to them, I need to introduce my wonderful co-host, the man who just fell out of the sky, literally, and Seven of the Legend. Sam, you survived falling out of a plane just now. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Happy yeah. birthday. I, it's your birthday. Thank you. It is my birthday. Yes. Thank you. Um, for my birthday, I decided to do the dumbest thing I could possibly do, which was uh, jump out of an aircraft at 14,000 feet. Which was delete uh, all of I, my Mass Effect saves. What? <laughs> I, I told a couple friends of mine, hey, make sure my uh, internet browser is cleaned. Uh, just in case, uh, but, um, no, I'm kidding. I, I use incognito mode, but yes, I'm here. Uh, so when I'm, researching all uh, that salacious mass effect artwork, um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, welcome. Welcome. I'm, I'm glad that you had fun for your birthday and that you you survived. That sounds awesome. Um, and welcome to everybody who's in the live stream. And to all of our patrons, we're going to go through and introduce each one of them really quickly. We got a whole bunch of them again. And this week, we are all gathered together to talk about what we think would be really good ideas for, say, the villain, the main villain, villain of the next Mass Effect game. And I'm curious because there are different ways that you could go about this. I think we might get some answers that are like an individual. We may get some answers that are like a faction or a, a specific race or group. I think we may get some answers that are more existential or natural. Like there's some sort of major event that everybody's trying to subvert or combinations of the things like the Reapers were kind of a combination of some of those things. So I'm really curious to see what we're going to get, but let's go through and introduce everybody. Wesbotron, you're on the, you're in the hot seat. Welcome, dude. 
welcome back How's to the going, show. How's it going, everybody? How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. It's been a it's been a good weekend. Awesome. Well, welcome back. We also have Will. Will, welcome to the show. Hey y'all. <laughs> hey, and Genesis is back. Genesis. I'm here as always. And Scott is here. Welcome, Scott. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Captain Shanko. Welcome back. Good to be back. Win is here also returning. Win, just give him a peace sign. Sadie Cakes joining us. Welcome to the show, Sadie. Hello. And Turbo Toboggan. Welcome back, buddy. Hi. Uh. <laughs> so that's this is our crew on board our Normandy. I guess we should maybe is this is this our Normandy? I don't know, Sam. Sort of like our Normandy. Oh, no, I know. I get more of a Tempest vibe. Okay, well on the on our Tempest. <laughs> So who would like to start? Who has a really good idea for a villain or who you, who do you think would be like the most likely villain for the next step in the story? Does anybody like to start us off? Any hands being raised looking around? Oh, Will. I saw Will's hand. Will, what do you think? So I just want the dark energy plot to come back and somehow, and I know that the dark energy that the Reapers were part of is not the same as the Dark Energy Scourge and Andromeda, but I want them to somehow merge them. Interesting. And it could either be just Dark Energy being a thing or some, you know, big bad like Thanos, but not really Thanos. Which do you think is more likely to have like a individual, like terrible person driving something to do with the dark energy or more of like a like oh maybe we've accidentally dabbled in this too much and now we've risked our all of our lives and we have to stop it like i think the latter i think more kind of like humanity kind of not you know humanity but you know what i mean that like, like the accidental aspect. like we've delved too deeply in something we don't understand kind of thing yeah so how do we fix it i think that would be more but then you know the geth and the reapers and the scourge that's all part of where we where screwing up led to all them going kind of haywire so then of course you have the difficulties with the, like the political side of it mm-hmm. and the different groups and, and that kind of thing sam what yeah. do you think what do you think about this dark energy plot i think there's a lot of uh evidence to suggest that they're not just going to throw away the dark energy plot line i mean it had a hand in two separate galaxies and across like three different games, there were inklings laid down of the uh, dark energy plot line. And for those who are unfamiliar, the dark energy plot line was at one point supposed to be behind why the sun near Haystrom was dying in mass effect two, uh, when you go and recruit tally. And so if you look really deep in a lot of um, online forums, you come across the same uh, thought process over and over again, which was that that dark energy was accelerating the death of stars and altering other elements of space time. And this buildup of dark energy was happening allegedly because beings were using more and more biotics and mass effect type technology. So using ESO to affect mass and and also using biotics and that kind of thing. It was part of the balance of the the equation. Right. It's almost like a galactic version of like climate change. Right. Right. 
That's interesting. It's an interesting will. I, I'm curious who else was. Do any of the rest of you guys have, have the same thought? Turbo's raising his hand. Did you were you thinking about the same idea, Turbo? Um, what, 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 and seven was going with at the end, like the Ezos. I was thinking dark energy, but I was thinking like the, you know, the Ezo accident that happened because of, Oh, I forget the corporation. Like when their freighter, their freighters blew up and gave, like, I was like thinking like maybe that was like a secret cult that's trying, that's worships the dark energy. That's, uh, causing mm. humans to have biotics so they can make it like spread it. So I think I know what you're referencing. That little tidbit of lore comes from a planet card. And um, what you're referencing, correct me if I'm wrong, is that there were ships with Ezo on them that blew up in the atmosphere above a planet. And then that Ezo rained down upon the colonies. And there was an implication in that planet card that it was done on purpose. Right. Yes. That's what I was thinking. Like maybe it was some like people trying to make biotics go faster, which would cause that dark energy build up right right, right. Yeah. and if i remember correctly there are, if you trace the lines a little bit it's kind of implied that that was cerberus that cerberus did that oh uh, now right. i might be wrong but that's just mm-hmm. off the top of my head what i can remember uh but yeah do you think if there is a dark energy plot that cerberus will be involved i think in a sense like they'll be involved and then they know about it but not involved in creating it like kind of like indoctrinated almost like Mm. they were with the reapers but i don't i think it's more behind the scenes and it would be i hate to kind of i I might just want this tangent but kind of in the sense of like in horizon where it's just complete it happens because we create people created the issue and you have certain idiots that like to manipulate it and make it their own and make it about themselves. Oh, it's kind of like the real world. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> where, where people get manipulated by people in power in order for their own gains, and of course, it, it destroys so many other things. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think that I think that plotline makes sense, and it kind of raises resonates. Um, anybody else have any thoughts on this one? Turbo has his hand up again. Turbo, I have a question. Do you think they'll go the route of the dark energy being like a kind of like sentient being like parallax for? Like in the Green Lantern movie, like how the the energy source actually uh, has like a will of its own, or you think it's just going to be like a natural element? Like where do you think the will? I, I think Will would say more natural. Well, will, what do you think? Like Bioware, like where would uh, where would they go with this? Right. Do you think that the the dark energy will gain sentience? I think yeah. I think it kind of does because if you look at the Protheans, how they had their version of biotics and how they are the ones that gave the Asari biotics, that dark energy could have been essentially using the Reapers to reset and destroy life that was creating it. Interesting. Interesting. Cool ideas. Cool stuff, Will. Thanks for sharing that. Does anybody else have a similar idea or something that would piggyback off this a little bit? Or are you guys all in very different things? Sadie, Sadie, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I think um, I forgot about the whole dark energy thing, actually, even though I'm replaying Andromeda right now. But uh, I think a group is going to find a way, a new like evil group is going to find a way to manipulate dark energy and use it at a like a massive scale. Because you have a huge power vacuum after... 
all of like the reapers and all these different groups are gone. Mm-hmm. So a new power is going to come up and they need a new weapon. So, so. somebody likes Cerberus, if not yeah. what's left of Cerberus, um, is going to go, okay, well, this is, this is a, a shortcut to power, uh, you know, to controlling other people or whatever to domination. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's going to open up like an even worse situation that everybody has to you now deal with? Or do you think that they become the thing that everyone has to deal with? Uh, it really depends and it really depends on the timeline because if the game is set a lot later they could have a lot more power power because they've learned how to use dark energy by then otherwise if it's earlier they would just be starting to use it right they've kind of already established themselves and now we're 1600 years in the future and now they are an issue they've Mm -hmm. like surprise galaxy we're here and we can wield dark energy in ways that you've never thought of before and then cue evil laughter, <laughs> right? Something like that. I think that's a. I think that's an amazing point about there being a power vacuum um, following the events of Mass Effect Three, because the Turian hierarchy got absolutely demolished, and they were known as being the peacekeepers. And second to them, the Alliance they got absolutely wrecked as well. The Arcturus Station. I mean, most of humanity's forces got annihilated. As well as, you know, Kroken didn't fare much better. No one really fared great. And so there will be this power vacuum where maybe the the pirate bands and the Merc uh, groups in the Terminus system might gain a little bit more power. I'm not sure. It's kind of uh, like but, a but space I, galaxy version of a wasteland. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and so I'm glad that Sadie Cakes brought that up because I was going to say a little bit later that I think Cerberus will make a comeback. And it's going to be even more scary because although the elusive man is gone, we'll hear, you know, you can't kill an idea and you, you cannot kill human supremacy. Right. And the distrust of these alien groups after this en- enormous war is going to be through the roof. Yeah. Lenin leads to Stalin, right? Like you have the person who pushes the idea and then the person who capitalizes on it. And this happens a few times in history as well. Um, Wesbo, you were raising your hand. Did you want to chime in? Yeah, uh, I want to piggyback off of the power vacuum because I already know the perfect antagonist for the next trilogy going forward, and that's the newly discovered spacefaring race of the Yogg because they figured their shit out and they entered the universe because that one that escaped in Mass Effect 3 stole a ship, went back home, and they figured out how to make safe ships, walk out and say, oh, everything's gone. I guess it's ours now. It's our, it's, this is our turn to shine, everybody. You know, that kind of like, we're here. That's a cool idea. Was that your idea for the show? Uh, it was mine, yes. Uh, I have a lot, I can go a lot deeper into it. Uh, I spent, like I said, I spent hours thinking about how to just <laughs> make something stupid work. Yeah, no, that's cool. I mean, this is cool because Sadie started kind of this power vacuum conversation, a group that leverages the dark energy thing. You're saying the Yog. Um, Scott, you raised your hand. Did you want to chime in about that before we move on with it? Yeah, like I was thinking about the idea of a power vacuum, but what I was thinking about is in any end, whether it's synthesis, control, or destroy, unless you pick the walkaway ending, and then I guess that doesn't really work. But um, most of the mass relays are destroyed as a result of the energy burst. And so 
you create this amazing coalition where you get all these races in the galaxy together, but you bring all of them to the soul system, their militaries anyway. And then all the relays, like they jump somewhere. We don't know where they all jump, but then all the relays get busted. So you've created a power vacuum where all these planets and, you know, the Turians and the Krogan and everyone, their militaries are all somewhere. But, but the all these sectors of the galaxy are now isolated from one another. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, when I was thinking of a villain, I always play Paragon. I have a really hard time playing Renegade. Mm-hmm. Um, so the person that always survives that probably shouldn't survive because she's kind of terrible, but is Maya Brooks. If you guys know about the Citadel DLC. And so like when you mentioned Cerberus, I was like, I expect someone new to crop up and she's pretty resourceful. She found clone shepherd, even though it's kind of a weird thing <laughs> to go through. So I was like, you would have this huge power vacuum and then all the militaries are either scattered, pretty destroyed from even just trying to protect the crucible and the end of the game anyway. Um, and so now you've got to figure out like, like instead of having this sort of outside force that's coming in and just kind of think force awakens where you're like, this feels like a new hope, you know, but instead it's more like, how do we reconnect the galaxy when we're all in these disparate places? And especially if the destroy ending is canon, you can't even be like, well, the Reapers helped us fix the relays in like two days, you know? Um, so this I more idea of like, we have to go around now and really kind of figure out how do we get to Palavin? And then if we get to Palavin, what's the situation there? Like, are there a bunch of tyrants now because the hegemony and um, we know Primarch Vicarian comes to earth to help us. So they had like literally nobody. And, you know, so I think that's really what I was thinking about is more that the big bad is the division that happens and the chaos that happens from the relays being destroyed. Yeah, and, and to like to match your idea and Wesbotrons together, you've got these diverse groups who are now kind of stranded in different locations. You have the Yog potentially capitalizing on being more capable of getting out there. I mean, it, it's almost like you have this like desperate groups and factions. Uh, almost uh, I mean, that sounds like a recipe for like a tinderbox, right? A bunch of desperate people in these places, while the main groups who are still trying to promote peace and working together are still trying to fix everything, but the people out there who are desperate are trying to take advantage of everything. It seems like a really cool mix of things. But keep in mind, so the other question I have, we never really get an answer to that impacts this, as we can see from most empires in Mass Effect, right, when Javik tells us all about the Protheans, the more space you control, literally and figuratively, the better you are, right? And especially when you can build off your predecessors, but what we also know is that sometimes mass relays are deactivated. So did the energy burst, if it's a deactivated relay, does it get skipped? So if you do have a group like, say, the Yog, or, um, you know, like the, when the Rachni relay was shut down and then we reactivated it coming through, um, if there is a section of space where the relays are deactivated for some reason, is that the big bad then as well as we uncover a new region and they've been able to expand to a certain extent because all their relays were were shut off they've turned all their relays on and so they own a bunch of stuff and they can zip around their empire real quick while we have to just try and figure out how to get somewhere move at a snail's pace wesbo what do you think about all this does it kind of match some of what you were thinking too oh absolutely and i like the idea of uh inactive relays weren't shut down because like if you control the main source of transportation that's pretty good place to be in 
Yeah. Yeah. Now, Sadie, we, we kind of jumped off of yours into some other ideas real quick. I, I, I didn't want to miss out on any other thoughts that you had about what you've said so far or maybe some of the things they've chimed in with. Do you have any other any other pieces that you want to share? Uh, no, that was that was basically it. And um, I guess the only other thought I had with all that um, is, again, with like the timing, because if this is immediately after the trilogy, it could just be a ton of different factions that you're just trying to get everybody to calm down and you're just um, traveling everywhere. But that's another like mass relay issue. Yeah, the splintering because of that. I, I totally get what you're yeah. saying there. This is, this is some cool stuff. Anybody else want to chime in? Will, go ahead. I was say in the expanded endings of Mass Effect 3, they did show relays being rebuilt and the Citadel, Citadel being rebuilt. So I feel like it would be kind of weird to put a game in between that when you've already shown the post portion of it. Or what if it's in the process of like, what if like they were explaining, what if some of the places with mass relays have been able to be repaired, but some of them are further away. And so it's going to take more time to get ships to those locations. So instead of having a game set where like, okay, all the mass relays are back up and running, we fixed them all. You could have situations where you're like, well, we've got a lot of them fixed, but there's entire quadrants of this galaxy that are still like in the dark because it takes that long to get a ship out there. I feel like they're going to have you rebuilding some mass relays as part of the game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could, I could see both situations, you know, like I, I think <laughs> both are viable. Um, Sam, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah. I, I thought that was a great idea uh, and a great question about which relays are affected. Um, but I also think that just because they depicted in stills, what the recovery process might look like, it doesn't preclude them from really doing anything uh, story-wise if they wanted. Right. They could just <laughs> willfully, you know, disregard <laughs> everything that they did if they wanted to do that. Um, but if they, even if they still wanted to honor it, it didn't really hamstring them too much because yeah, you have the Citadel and it looks like it's been rebuilt with a space elevator above London. Um, but all that would mean is that the Citadel is now located you know, in earth orbit, at least for a little bit. I mean, if it can be brought one place, it can probably be taken back somewhere. So. Yeah, man, this is some cool stuff. Um, we need to take a break and thank you guys, our patrons, and uh, we'll be right back. But those of you who haven't had chime, time to chime in, be thinking about how, you, how you're going to say what you're saying. It's coming up. We'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place 
by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign, and this station is mine. I like the sound of that. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. Thank you to all of you guys for joining us and supporting the show. We really do appreciate it. Thank you to all of our patrons. Man, you guys are too too nice. 66 of you right now. Holy moly. 66 patrons. Some new ones signed up this last week. We've got uh, Commander Frosty. We have, um, let's see, Joshua G, Andrew S, and Mitch G. Thank you to all of you guys for signing up and joining us. I hope you guys are enjoying the benefits of the Patreon. And a big shout out to all our Commander Shepherds, Kolkashins, Captain Shanko, Cloudy Atlas, Kira, Lieutenant Ticino, Pipe Man, and Big Bills. Thank you so much to all of you guys. You guys are the best. And uh, we don't have any new ratings or reviews to read out this week, but if you'd like to drop a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it out in the future. And a rating on Spotify would be helpful as well. So we're going to keep this mid-break real short because we've got more people to chat with. So here we go. Spit it out, or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. All right, here we go. We're back. Let's move on. I know we've got four more of you guys who haven't been able to chime in yet. Who would like to go next? Who would like to go next? We've got Genesis, Captain Shanko, Wynn, Turbo, anybody? Wesbo is ready. Okay, we'll go to Jen. (laughs) I saw Wesbo's screen pop up. I was like, he's ready to talk again. I think it must have caught a sound in your room. Jen, what are you Uh, thinking? So I think that it's going to have to be a combination of the timelines. And what it's going to have to do is uh, bring some of the Andromeda enemies to the Milky Way. I think we're going to see the Jardin. How are they going to get there? Is it going to be like hey, they've been traveling all this time and nobody knew it, or... Well, they were an advanced civilization even before they went to the Helios cluster. Right, so are we going to see, like, they have technology to do this faster than we would have expected? Absolutely. I think that they could, they would be able to travel faster than what we can. And so that leads to, like, the potential for more cross-galaxy stuff in the entire game? Possibly that would allow travel between helios and the milky way but i mean for me i just think that that that's one of the ways that they're going to tie everything together is by introducing the jardin into the milky way Mm -hmm. now are they the enemy i don't know yet Mm. 
I don't know mm. if they're the villain, if they're the enemy, or if they are just like, all right, well, it worked last time for us to come and populate it with our own species. Let's see what happens here. And yeah. we don't know who was inhabiting, you know, the Helios cluster before uh, the Jardin built the Angara. Maybe or if they're they like did a, overtake the race. Yeah, or if they're like a sub-faction. Like, just because you're of a race doesn't mean you have the same agenda as everyone else who's part of that race. Mm -hmm. They could be a separate faction with a separate reason for going to the Milky Way instead of Helios. Like, um, there's a lot of ways to play with that plot line. It also introduces, it's kind of the inverse of Andromeda, where you have, like, our races going there. Now you have another race coming to the Milky Way and the weirdness that that creates. It's kind of a cool idea. Yeah. 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 What if you start out fighting the Jardin and then it, they become allies because there's another big bad and they realize they were wrong for what they did. And it's called dark energy. <laughs> that, yeah. I was going to say like something different, but you know, we can go with dark energy. That's cool too. Cause the scourge did kill them almost. <laughs> I would I would be happy as long as we don't have to fight the cat again. Uh, <laughs> the cat were not one of my favorite enemies. In yeah. fact, as far as enemies go, they're kind of right there near the bottom next to the blue suns for me. <laughs> because it was just like, why are, why are you even here? <laughs> what are you even doing? <laughs> what about the rest of you guys? What do you, what do you think? Do you think this is a possibility? Do you think it's likely? You think we're going to see some cross game connection like this? Who wants to chime in? Every every kind of just shaking heads and oh, stuff. Anybody? They're they're probably going to mention something about Andromeda. They're they have to acknowledge it. Not only like, do they have to acknowledge it, they've already acknowledged that they're going to acknowledge it. They oh, have yeah. said that the the game is going to include stuff from Andromeda. Yeah, it would make sense because, I mean, the distance between the games releasing, there's enough time where some people, Andromeda, was their first Mass Effect. Like, to them, that is Mass Effect. And, oh, yeah, there's the old ones and they remastered them. I guess I'll play them, too. You know, like a lot of us are coming from the original trilogy, but there are younger or at least newer players. And like to, to leave that out there and not address it would be like, why did why? Why? Because a lot of people, some people really do like that game. Um I think it's interesting, like uh, the idea of being able to combine information between those two locations that are so remote and removed and incorporate them into Mass Effect 4, I think it's going to need some sort of technology leap. Now, whether that comes from a race that already has that ability, like Genesis is talking about, or some new advancement that has happened in the time that has passed since those games, I don't know. I and, you know, I think they will eventually combine both of the the galaxies and the you know they're gonna they're gonna bridge the the gap but i i really wonder whether or not the protagonist in the future games is going to be military like an in seven or are they going to be civilian like part of the andromeda initiative yeah i wonder if we should debate that on the next uh patron chat that would be really maybe cool. so yeah. yeah yeah well cool ideas jen does anybody else want to chime in about this or should we move on any other thoughts Think everybody's good. All right, who wants to go next? We can just move down the list. Captain Shanko, are you ready? Suppose I can be ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, 
I think one thing I'd like to see is a little bit, you know, after the main trilogy, we have two games of build up and then the Reaper War. And it's, you know, a big deal, a big thing. I'd like to see the threats come back down to reality a little bit, a little bit less large scale intergalactic war. And we're now in the, you know, the after effects of a war like that, where there are going to be power vacuums, there are going to be refugees, even worse than during the war, I think, because now at this point, supply chains are completely shattered, ruined, whatever. Um, So I think maybe just almost like a survival style, not necessarily an actual antagonist, but, you know, you're working against people and for your own people be kind of cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, kind of like, uh, the MCU, right? You build up through phase one and phase two and then phase three is the big, you know, Thanos problem. And then phase four is back to, these are individual films with kind of more reasonable villains and things to deal with. We're not dealing with anybody destroying the galaxy yet. I mean, they could totally fight Thanos too. Just literally Thanos. <laughs> you just bring Thanos into the story, and they open up like a new, <laughs> a new gateway to like some other part of the galaxy they haven't been in yet. And then in comes Thanos's fleet, and he's got like a like the gauntlet, and he's like, he's like, I've been waiting for you. And you're like, crap. <laughs> Shepard's putting on their armor again. They're like, God damn it. I thought we were done with this. <laughs> we solved all the problems. Um, what do you, the rest of you guys think? Do you think we're going to see like kind of a smaller scale, not as high stakes kind of thing to start out with? Yeah, I think that makes sense. You know, uh, basically we're getting a brand new story. So it makes the most sense to start at the beginning of the story, not right in the climax. Yeah, I mean, to set up another trilogy would obviously make them a lot more money than just selling one more game, right? So that makes sense, too. It's also kind of fun to kind of work your way through something and and see it build over time. I totally get that. Sam, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree that I think that we're probably going to see them take a step back in terms of the scale of the villain. I don't think that they're going to immediately try and outdo themselves with the space opera ending of Mass Effect 3. I think we could very well see something that is much more micro like we saw in Mass Effect 1, where we're fighting essentially, you know, one rogue specter. But then we learn a big twist along the way. There's something bigger and, behind it. And yeah. so, exactly, yeah. yeah. So I think that there's a high possibility that we we think we're fighting one bad guy right and then we stumble upon twists along the way which take us into the next game the next game and you know mm-hmm. yeah that totally makes sense yeah I, I get that for sure cool idea captain shanko also i like your uh little thing on your ceiling there here <laughs> all right when do you want to go next you want to share your ideas uh, nothing that hasn't already been said before mm-hmm. uh, i think there's definitely going to be a group that deals with su- supremacy, like Cerberus, Terra Firma. Um, but, well, not the Batarians because they're virtually eradicated right now. But yeah, some some kind of most likely human supremacist group because that's what humanity does best. Yeah, I mean that's that would make a 
uh, I, I think that fits into kind of what Shanko was saying. This idea of like, like this isn't the end of the, you know, end of the galaxy, but these guys are bad. We have to deal with them. And if they Plot become twist. more powerful, what's that? Will? Plot twist is the, Amer- it's the Americans. It's the Americans. Like the Americans break away from the rest of the, uh, <laughs> the nations on earth. Dun, dun, dun. I'm sure everybody in this country would love that idea. Sarcastically speaking. <laughs> I think half of okay. half of this country would love that idea. Okay, fine. <laughs> to appease the other half, it's ISIS. <laughs> it's ISIS, right? Yeah, yeah. I could totally see that. I, I do. You think that they have another like key mysterious figure, like individual behind it? Do you think they put a face to that threat, or do you think it's like? Like just just the group at large, and and there's just like this political board of like leaders that are just kind of, you know, no one person's really to blame. It's the ideology itself. Scott, you want to chime in? I think that was the thing about Andromeda that I kind of wish they hadn't done, which was the reveal spoiler reveal of Reyes as the charlatan because it kind of ruined the collective where it was like they were this organization and it was like who's in charge no one really knows there's all these theories so it would be kind of nice to have them set up something if it is going to be more micro to have it be someone where it's kind of like we don't really know we can never nail it down um, kind of like the shadow broker was until the DLC you know and so I think that would be a really nifty angle on it where it wouldn't just be like a, Oh, you, you romanced me. And I happen to actually be the person that's in charge of this shady group, <laughs> but it would be like, we'd never really figure it out. Yeah. And with a sufficiently dynamic enough governmental system, it's hard to pin some decisions, decisions just on one person. Like sometimes the ideology takes over and yeah, maybe there's a figurehead, but that taking out the figurehead is not going to stop the ideology. Like the actual threat is the ideology. And I mean, that feels very postmodern, but it also feels very real and very scary. Like it doesn't matter if you kill, if you chop off the head of the snake, the snake just keeps on going. Like, it seems like a really yeah. scary idea. Yeah. And I think, I think we could definitely, definitely see a lot of that because like I said, uh, trust of others is going to be at an all time low following the end of mass effect three. And like you said, the ideology continues. There's always going to be someone that picks up the mantle of uh, malignant narcissistic hate. (laughs) Right. Because it's too beneficial temporarily. (laughs) Right. Right. And so because of that, I think a very compelling villain for the next Mass Effect might be someone who's doing that and is this populist, very popular with uh, with his group leader, like this populist leader that appeals to the masses. Mm-hmm. I love all complete, of you. Go home peacefully. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah. Stand back. Stand by. And is a complete <laughs> fucking monster. <laughs> right. Right. So I think that's. I think it's quite possible that you know we see something like that. And and hey, who knows? Maybe Kai Lang didn't actually die. Yeah. It's totally possible. Yeah. Where's Ben? Oh. I will stab that man again. <laughs> Everybody's chiming in now. I, I know Wesbo has a hand up and Will wants to talk. Will, go ahead and then we'll go to Wesbo. I, I don't think a leader has to be all I love you, all peaceful to be popular amongst the masses, i.e. Um, yeah. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Like they, they do terrible things and that's what actually gains them preference with the masses. Uh, yeah, very, very well could be the thing. Wesbo? Uh, so... 
I was listening to N7 talk about uh, potential thoughts about like a very popular person, rogue specter. So what if I'm going to piggyback off my own too. So the Yogg, they're hyper intelligence, right? Uh, They would learn, I assume very quickly about some specific procedure that Cerberus did on a specific dead person. What if the Yogg found Shepard's body or they tricked Liara into finding the body, stole the body, bring the body back because if he can survive falling through an atmosphere, he can survive a little explosion where buildings fall. But when they bring him back, they don't give him his free will. So the first game is just you hunting down Shepard, trying to, and what you do throughout the game impacts the ending of if he dies or if he survives. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. What do you guys think about that one? Sam, you have any thoughts? I think it would be an interesting sidestep to have to get away from uh, canonizing any of the choices that anyone made along the way. Uh, so, and because of that, the pessimist in me says, yeah, that's probably what it's going to be. <laughs> because I, I gotta be honest, like the logical part of my brain has, has close to little, close to zero faith um, that they will have the gall to make a sequel of mass effect three. If hmm. I'm being deadly honest and I want to zap all the hope out of everyone, I'll say that they're never going to ever. Um, because a sequel, they will bring them the money. <laughs> right. But oh, we can't delegitimize anyone's ending. Uh, and that, that might be the facade that they put on, um, you know, uh, as the reasoning, but in actuality, it might just require giving the writers too much money and time, which it seems that game companies want to, especially ones like EA, uh, want to navigate away from, but that is the pessimistic part of me speaking. Uh, if I'm being optimistic, then I would say they might do something like that as a, uh, graphic novel intro for the next game. You know what I mean? Hmm, As like a innovative way to say last time on mass effect, you know, let's bring Um, you up to speed. Yeah. 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 Interesting idea. Well, we have uh, Arcan joining us, uh, just getting in here a little bit late. Welcome to the show. We've been, uh, we're, we're getting close to the end. We've been talking about our thoughts on who the villain or what kind of villain there might be for the next Mass Effect game. And we're down to you and Turbo Toboggan. Turbo, do you want to share some ideas? Do you have any thoughts on this? Well, um, the idea of it starting out small and got me thinking like, um, I, 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 I'm, I'm more thinking it's going to be a dark energy, but starting out small, it could just be that corporation. We just starting to do up. It's getting people with Ezo again, starting up like not necessarily shepherd, but something like, like they're, they're going out there. Cause there's these big explosions going off, causing the Ezo and eventually it leads up to the, the dark energies. Well, my, my, my thing is like the dark energies give me the next, big bad the next season like wherever how many they're making yeah yeah you've been talking about this whole dark energy thing like what if you have a situation where the remnants of the humans are inadvertently exposed or advertently exposed by a specific group to too much ezo and now you have like way too many people with biotic abilities for the population to like handle and that becomes an issue it's kind of like a, you know, X-Men mutant kind of scenario. 
like but it's been set up as a reason to like destabilize the population and if that could happen with humans that could happen with other races as well as a way to keep them destabilized and then you have the group like you're talking about turbo using that as a as a way to gain power by keeping everyone destabilized while at the same time bringing on biotics as a place where they're welcome to join their their ranks and then using them as soldiers or something like that like a cult or something that worships the dark energy Right. And then what happens in the end is the dark energy has a mind its own. And it's like indo- not indoctrination, but it's just using the stupid people who think it, it's <laughs> the like people who have been convinced. God, yeah. I just want, I just want to destroy the world. Right. And Jews I like pineapple and pizza. Yeah. Evil, I don't really evil. have an opinion about pineapple and pizza. Um, that's a cool idea. That's an interesting idea. What do you guys think about this? Do you think that there's some potential here for some sort of, dark energy biotic manipulation thing i know we're kind of going back to a previous topic what about this incarnation of it any thoughts on this one everyone's like maybe i don't know no okay i think the thing that would be interesting would be if it explores the difference between asari biotics and what the um protheans had because like javik's power is called like dark channel so i'm like is there some like is it like different in some way so i mean i could see that as a tie-in like ooh, it's yeah the asari changed it and that's affected you know the balance of things right yeah yeah interesting well arcan welcome to the show glad you're able to make it Thank you. We've uh, we've been talking about bad guys, factions, dark energy, big bads, smaller bads for the next one, working up to another big bad. We've had a lot of different concepts here. Do you have a concept for the villain that you think is either most likely or that you would like to see? Well, I think there's a massive power vacuum now that the Citadel and the council is gone. Right. Yeah. We've, so... A lot of our discussion was around that <laughs> and then the, the factions vying for power things. What do you think that's going to do though well i think that krogan superiority complexes might get a little too uh aggressive and regardless of rex and um uh, what's her name eve or bakara uh i think the krogan would probably revolt and that could be like a, a first half until like a, a larger threat comes in uh could be the cat or um uh, something to do with the dark energy or even leviathan um because they never really went anywhere after the uh, uh, Citadel and Earth siege. I mean, I don't think the Leviathans are just going to sit around on their planet. Interesting. So you've got a lot of pieces here. So, like, we could end up with it. Let's go back to the beginning. We could end up with another Krogan problem. I mean, that seems like a very real potential. So the Dalatras could have been right. I mean, what what happens if you have... I mean, you have some Krogan who are able to get along peacefully, but you have like a mass of them that aren't. And all of a sudden now they're a big threat to everybody. Yeah. I mean, I think that the the Krogan would definitely diverge into factions because Rex definitely has a lot of pull and he's got grunt on his side as well. Um, or it could be that a faction uh, usurps Rex and Bakara. Um and maybe part of like a, a loyalty mission or a recruitment mission is getting Rex, uh, and his loyalty mission is trying to put him back on the throne. Yeah, I could I could see that happening. All right, anybody else want to chime in about this one? This one's there's some cool, there's a lot of cool different ideas here. 
You got Krogan, Ket, Jen? Yeah, no, I kind of like that idea because especially with how your world state is, it could be like going into the next it, the next game, the Krogan could be an ally if you have Rex alive, or they could be an enemy if you have Reeve alive, because Reeve is more of that one that is going to easily tip the scales into wanting to be more warmongering than uh, than Rex would be. Yeah, I could easily see that happening. Interesting. So a whole situation where it's almost like they're a subplot to the bigger thing. But when you come across a world with Krogan on it, they treat you differently depending on what happened. Mm -hmm. All of that's like th different missions will play out differently. Yeah. as like a piece in the puzzle. What do you think about that, Arkan? Yeah, it actually makes a lot of sense. I kind of forgot about Reeve. Uh, but that did bring up the lovely memory of seeing him getting eaten by Kalros um yeah i think <laughs> that hands. if rex were in place um for the Krogan to be a major threat he'd have to be dethroned but if reeve is in place the it would be very viable for the Krogan to immediately just rise up um especially now that depending on your actions the genophage is cured they have their uh own near unlimited army right. again right yeah that, that's the part that makes me go what if that just bites everybody in the butt you know, like it seemed like the right thing to do, but now ugh, that could create lots of problems. Now, you also mentioned you also mentioned the cat and we did speculate a little bit about cross galaxy stuff. How do you how do you envision that working out? Well, if the Andromeda initiative were able to get to Andromeda, I would assume the cat would have wondered where they came from. And uh, I mean, they could probably try and. Uh, recreate something like that to expand their empire. As so do you the, think they've uh, been traveling for a long time in the past and are now getting there? Or do you think that they have some sort of technology that allows them faster than light travel in a way that better than what we've seen before? It could be the first one. I mean, we don't know what happens entirely to the, uh, the ones who made the Angarans. I don't know why I'm forgetting their name, but, um, the Jardin. Yeah. Yeah. The Jardin could have had some sort of technology like that. And I believe the cat would have definitely interacted with the Jardin or at least um, the uh, Arkan seems pretty obsessed with them. Yeah. And, uh, well, Jen's idea was that the Jardin have uh, found a way to do it. And so they have the technology. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that they would be able to make the next game with the cat coming in after the Andromeda initiative has already arrived at Andromeda. I mean, Liara would be in her late matriarch years, I believe. Yeah. The whole timeline on this is, is something that everybody's been debating too, like how that actually is going to, going to work out. Um, but yeah, there's some interesting ideas. Anybody else want to chime in on any of this stuff? Any of the stuff that Arkan brought up? Any other thoughts? Sam, you have any thoughts? Uh, well, nothing that I haven't, already said uh i think it's quite possible they try to link the two games i think it's also quite possible that we see familiar actors from previous games come back but they're no longer friendly or good uh i think that would be a strong narrative point especially if we have someone that maybe even served as a member on uh shepherd's squad at some point in time what if shepherd's the villain what if Shepard has been what if, indoctrinated? Or what if what if it's like a clone Shepard 
or like a resurrected but not really still himself shepherd but he's like this clearly you'll see yeah he's clearly very capable we just get like a, a like a an expansion of that idea right into like hey you thought you already did this but guess what there's another clone shepherd now you got to deal with him and nobody knew he was shepherd because he doesn't take his helmet off this is a great original idea of yours tom darth shepherd <laughs> He's like, oh, you know, uh, on the note of Star Wars, what if it's something along the lines of Anakin, Anakin's corruption uh-huh. uh, that we see? And, you know, someone brought up Liara in chat. We already saw the inklings between uh, Mass Effect 1 and 2, and then again in 2 and 3, a big leap, where Liara looks like she's kind of going down this really dark path. I'm not sure if anyone else felt that way. But for me, it felt like she became obsessed with power after having become the broker. Uh, and a, a few of the things that Liar had said throughout the games, I was like, whoa, that's fucking harsh. Do you or think that's the, brutal. Do you think the fan base could, could deal with like evil Liara? They would have to. But do you think like, yes. the same way that you're saying like they might avoid like canonizing an ending? Do you think they would avoid this concept in a ways that because the fan base would just reject it? I don't know. Um, to be quite honest with you, I hope Bioware doesn't give a damn uh, what the fan base is going to reject and what they're not. I want them to make a story uh, to the best of their ability. Just an awesome you story. Know what I mean? And too bad right. if you don't and, if you don't like the premise. But hang on there, check out the story. It's good. Right. We promise. Right. Yeah. And like, honestly, no matter what they put out, a certain percentage of the the fan base is going to reject it anyway because. Gamers are so goddamn entitled anymore. Uh, <laughs> sorry, it needs to be said. Humans um, in general, we just kind of have this thing where yeah. we're just like, no, this is my idea and it has to be the truth. Right. And anything yeah. else is just wrong. And it's like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And and when when typed here in the chat and in, in the chat within this chat uh, that we're leading, that a good villain makes you have sympathy for them. Yes, I agree. Uh, a good villain draws upon some of the own internal dialogue that you've had with yourself. Uh, maybe some of the thoughts that you've had to repress because you're like, you know what? That's not the most moral thought. Um, a good villain does do that. And so hopefully the next villain, uh, speaks to us in that way and not, not a villain like the archon where (laughs) it's just completely unrelatable. And you're like, what is this turd even doing? (laughs) (laughs) What is this? We don't need a turd villain. Well, guys, this has been super fun. Um, Shanko, do you have something else you want to chime in before we wrap up? Yeah, just real quick. Uh, Psych and I were even talking about this the other night when we were talking about X-Men, how Magneto is a a sympathetic villain. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about how sympathetic villains are inherently um, more interesting and easier to get behind because while their methods may be extreme, typically they're not wrong about you know, events going on or things happening in the world and a sympathetic, understandable villain in the Mass Effect setting would be really cool and really different because most of the villains don't get their redemption until they're pretty much dead. Yeah, that's some solid points. Uh, The idea that like they have the right idea, but the way they're going about it is the thing that I'm against. Yeah, that that works really well for villains. I think you're right. I think you're right. 
Well, guys, I think we're hitting the end of the show. It's time to wrap it up. Um, we're going to go back through. I'm going to thank each of you and feel free to share any projects that you're working on, anything else that you're doing that you want to shout out or ways that people can get a hold of you. We're just going to go back through the list. Wesbotron, you got anything you want to share? Uh, I'm full of hot takes. Come find me on Discord. <laughs> we, should have, we should have a bot that's like, do you want a Wisbotron hot take? Use this command. And then like, whenever you see it, you're like, all right, Wisbotron, Any talk about this. Any time of the day, I'll show up, <laughs> say one thing, leave into the night. <laughs> How do you feel about this idea? Well, let me tell you. Well, thanks for being here, buddy. Will, you got anything going on? Nope, just living life. So thank you guys for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Genesis, I know you've got, you got stuff. I do have stuff. I am Genesis, one half of the Two Girls, One Ship podcast, who is very happily back in the full swing of things, uh, live streaming every Friday night with episodes coming back on, coming out on Mondays. Awesome. Yeah, go check very it out. Be back. Go check it out. I'm glad, I'm glad you're back too. Scott, thanks for being here. You got anything going on you want to share? Well, just live in life. But if anyone wants to track me down in real life, you can find me on Twitter at scott1266 awesome awesome captain shanko thanks for joining us again i know you've got you got stuff yeah we definitely have stuff um we just had our fourth episode of our podcast come out where the mcu lore cast so if you like marvel comics or marvel cinema give us a check us out you know give us a listen yeah go check it out we just had we just had a recording of Genesis on our on our show for the Rogue episode. So if you like her too, come come listen to her on our show. It's like comic book crossover here in Robots Radio Land, where everyone's just guesting on each other's shows. It's it's super fun, awesome. Win, you got anything to share? Uh, I'm starting a podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I got nothing going on. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. I'm glad you were able to make it. And then Sadie Cake. Um, I'm on Twitter, barely. I just started a uh, Sadie Cake zero nine, and things are in the works, but nothing big yet. Awesome, awesome. Well, definitely fill us in as you get closer. Turbo Toboggan, you got anything to share? Ways people can reach out? Um, want to reach out to you on Discord? Uh, I haven't been on for the last month really, but I'm planning on going back onto it now. Cool, cool. Turbo Toboggan on Discord. And Arcan, you got anything you want to share? Uh, I'm just ruling from the eternal throne on Zakul, but other than that, I deliver <laughs> pizzas. So there's like a non-zero percent chance I might deliver to you if you live in America. Wow, you've got a really big zone, a really big uh, delivery zone. It's a non-zero chance. Could be a point zero 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 one. Can I order Never a pizza from odds. your place and then like four days later it shows up because you just drove across the country? I would try my best if you left more than $2 for a tip. I tip my pizza guy well, because there's still a freaking pandemic out there, and you guys are risking your lives. So, <laughs> I recommend other people, when you order stuff, tip your tip your delivery people, please. Um, but yeah, thank you for joining us. Thank you all for being here. You guys have been awesome. Sam, you got anything to share before we head out? Yeah, of course. I just wanted to say uh, thank you to all of you who have showed up and, and we have a decent contingency of patrons who are not able to make it tonight. And I want to say thank you to all of you, because as I've said before, I will be moving uh, yet again to Seattle 
And the monetary support that you show this podcast is going to have a very tangible effect on my ability to move. Uh, moving is expensive, especially when you got to break a lease fee here and then have to pay deposit to the next place. And so, yes, your support has a tangible effect. It is uh, having a wonderful uh, effect on my life and it, it provides me the uh, financial life jacket to stay afloat. So, uh, and that's besides the fact that I value all of your time. The time is more valuable to me. Uh, the fact that you could carve out time to be here with us and talk about the nerdiest things on earth uh, <laughs> and in the monkey way. Uh, that, that is something that I treasure. And uh, just thank you again to all of you. And I can't wait to uh, interact with you in the Discord and on future streams of mine. So, Yeah, awesome. Well said. Well, thanks, guys, for being here and for the support. We really do appreciate it. Chat, thank you for joining us as well. Next week, um, Sam and I are both off. I'm going on a little family trip. Sam's got moving stuff going on. Um, so we won't have a live live episode, but the episode we recorded last week as like the bonus episode is going to come out in the podcast feed on the audio platforms. So if you aren't listening on the audio platforms, if you only watch the videos, then go look us up on whatever podcatcher, Apple, Spotify, wherever. If you want to check out that episode, it'll be up there. And uh, we'll see you in two weeks. So stay safe out there. Thanks for being here, everybody. We'll see you later. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at MassEffectLorecast at gmail.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.